flames are pouring from the buildings now. There's cars toppled, buildings entirely crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I, I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I, I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. podcast of AquamanShrine.com and FirestormFan.com. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag from Firestorm Fan. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the Iron-Fisted Rob Kelly from Aquaman Shrine. Good morning, sir. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Oh, wait, that, that's Power Man. That's not Iron Fist. Sorry. Okay. Oh. My, my Marvel boom. Thank you. Uh, folks, we are back to discuss the Fury of Firestorm, the Nuclear Man, number 15 today. And we are going to do a massive massive amount of listener <laughs> feedback. Our feedback file looks like, I imagine one of the WikiLeaks files looks like. Just this right. 20,000-page document of information. It is uh, it is not a small amount. And we're going to go back in time a bit, um, all the way back to, believe it or not, November, when we're reading some of this. Because we've hit some of the listener feedback since then, but there's some we hadn't. So I've, I've compiled a file of everything we haven't talked about. And it's massive. So... <laughs> Somewhere Michael Bailey is laughing at us, though, the idea that going back to November. Well, you know, I mean, when he does his, he goes back to, like, you know, 1993. Exactly. (laughs) Back when I was running a fanzine. Anyway, um, folks, we are recording, once again, in the wee hours of the morning. We are suffering for our art, just for you folks. So, um, yeah, I hope you appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, just have pity on us, okay, guys? We're really friggin' tired. Like, we're going on like three hours of sleep here. <laughs> so, all right, uh, with that, without, oh, you know what? Before we, you got to mention our sponsor. Yeah, folks, uh, as you may know from last episode, we have a sponsor which we would like to show our appreciation to very much, and we would like you to show your appreciation. The sponsor is Pop Funk. They are the producer of some incredible superhero T-shirts, and uh, they are been kindly enough to sponsor the last episode in this one. And uh, Rob, there's a deal for the listeners, right? Yes, all the way through all through the month of January. If you type in um, Firewater Ten in the coupon code, you get ten percent off uh, any, your shirts, your shirt orders. 
Uh, shirt specific to Firestorm and Aquaman. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Shirt specific to Aquaman and, and Firestorm, but they have a lot of those, so you have a lot to pick from. Absolutely. Also, uh, they are have given us the opportunity to give away shirts. So right now, um, we want to make sure you listeners are paying attention because you have an opportunity uh, to win a Aquaman and Firestorm T-shirt. And you lucky listeners from last time, uh, two of you are going home today. With a brand new spanking Firestorm and Aquaman shirt, Don Pardo's not here to tell you about it, but we're going to tell you about it at the end of the show. That's right. you got to wait. Yeah, no fast-forwarding through, no sliding through the, uh, through the bar to get to the end of the show. You have to listen to the you, whole thing. You're just giving them ideas now. <laughs> They've stopped listening. They're already at the end of the show. It's just you and me talking. <laughs> it's just you and me talking to each other now. That's no fun. That's pretty much what it always is, except for, the, except for Frank, I'd say. <laughs> All right, well, uh, with no further ado, let's jump into the Fury of Firestorm, the Nuclear Man, number 15. Uh, this thing just, uh, I'm so excited about this issue. This issue is called Takeover Part 3. Dan Jurgens covered the story and pencil artwork. Finished ink was by Ray McCarthy. Letters, new letterer this time, uh, Taylor Esposito. Uh, once again, hi-fi on colors. And... Um, Cover was by Jurgens, McCarthy, and Hi-Fi. My and favorite cover of the series. It's fantastic. And uh, hold on, I gotta mention Firestorm created by Jerry Conway and Al Moore. Yeah. Yay! So, so it's your favorite cover of the whole series, huh? Yes. The, this to me, this is like a classic comic book cover that just jumps out of you. It's got an exciting sort of idea behind it, but just the colors of it is just gorgeous and just shoots right out of you, right off the. Uh, well, if we still had newsstands, it would jump off of you at the newsstands. But it's, it's absolutely. Beautiful. You know, I've got, I, I may have said this last time. I'll say it again. It's brief. I have a short story about it jumping off the newsstands. I was in a comic shop with my stepson, my thirteen-year-old stepson, uh, a week ago or so, and he walked past this comic book, picked it up, and started flipping through it because the cover jumped off the stands at him. He didn't even realize what it was. Yeah, well, that's and, what he told you. Well, no, because I no, God, trust me, I know. Because I said, <laughs> so I said, hey man, you see what you're flipping through? And he flipped back to the cover and saw his Firestorm, and he's like, oh, and he put it back on the shelf, just because you know, every every 13 year old wants to frustrate their parents, you know. So he knew it was something I liked, so he immediately had to dislike it. <laughs> you actively discouraged a sale. I, well, I guess that's true, uh, solely because it's a kid who rebels. But so if you haven't seen the cover, folks, um, it'll be on our Tumblr. Uh, what's, what's that Tumblr site, Rob? Oh, uh, fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. Awesome. It is a really striking electric blue, and there's a bit of a pun in that, cover, where the blue is just everywhere and vibrant, and Firestorm is being fried with what looks like electricity, but it's actually quantum energy by Captain Adam, and you can actually see Firestorm's skeleton. And, uh, in fact, his head looks a little Ghost Rider-like now that I think about it. Mm, trying to get some movie <laughs> magic in there. <laughs> but it is a really striking cover. And now this is not the cover that was originally solicited. So if you've seen the original cover of Firestorm and Captain Adam battling, um, just kind of like going at it with each other, this one, this is different. And uh, really great stuff. So going into the issue, um, I'm going to do a, a real quick synopsis. I'm not going to, you know, spend a lot of time in the synopsis. I'll come back and then kind of pick it apart page by page. But the story starts off where Dr. Megala, who uh, was previously of the of Captain Adam fame has taken over the Firestorm body, and Ronnie and Jason are sort of sequestered away in a little separate part of, I guess, the Firestorm brain, where they're just trapped in nothingness. 
and well, Dr. Megala is controlling the Firestorm body, and he is just absolutely reveling in his freedom because he's uh, he's a cripple, you know, he's he's handicapped and he's stuck in this chair and can barely move. Megala is controlling Firestorm. He's reveling in his abilities. He's flying around doing crazy stuff like changing Mount Rushmore into a bunch from presidents to scientists, including himself. Uh, Jason and Ronnie formulate a plan to try and take back control of the Firestorm body. Meanwhile, we get some shots of Captain Adam, who's recently returned from space, hanging out with General Wade Eiling. And they're just sort of chit-chatting and snarking at each other. They really don't care for each other much. We get shots of Firestorm slash Dr. Megala messing with a, uh, my favorite country, Quarak, the, uh, the, the random Middle Eastern country that they like to use in DC Comics, uh, messing with a missile test of theirs which causes one of their suicidal agents to take retribution and blow a hole in the side of an aircraft carrier. Ultimately, what this is going to lead to is a showdown between Captain Adam and Dr. Megala within the Firestorm body. They confront one another. They exchange a lot of words. There's a nice battle out over, I believe it's the Pacific Ocean. And this gives Ronnie and Jason an opportunity to reassert themselves in the Firestorm body. They don't take full control back at this point, but they are able to see through the Firestorm form now, and they're able to basically piss off Dr. Megala. That's their main objective, is to piss him off. And they start to do a pretty good job with that. They're trying to irritate him and distract him, and the hope is that they can eventually push themselves forward and take over. And that's exactly what happens. Between them distracting him and between Captain Adam blasting the living snark out of him and forcing him to use energy, that Ronnie is able to reassert control. Uh, Dr. Megala is sort of excised from the body. But unfortunately, Captain Adam has kind of got a plan to go super critical. And it's a little too late to turn back. It's one of those where you're, like, you're driving and suddenly you realize you can hit the brakes, but you're going to hit that curb anyway. It's just too late. And Captain Adam just goes all sort of supernova and uh, is destroyed. And Firestorm is injured critically. And uh, he's, he's unconscious. He's spiraling out of control. This is great cliffhanger ending where he basically just spirals out of control and dunks into the ocean. And it appears that he's even unconscious. And Jason's screaming like, wake up, wake up! And so it's a great moment where Firestorm just sinking and you're like, oh no, he's going to drown. Great, great comic. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to talk about the art first. Uh, we talked about the cover a little bit. Um, I, I think that Dan Jurgens and Ray McCarthy have really connected as of this issue. I mean, not that they weren't before, but wow, this one just, it seems like the inking is is just a step above. They're, they're, they've really hit their stride. This first page alone, just the faces of Ronnie and Jason communicating and the black and the white sh- white outline around them and, and just the line work. So I, I'd read somewhere that, that somebody said that Ray McCarthy was the best inker for Dan Jurgensen's since Brett Breeding, which is a pretty strong statement because Brett, Brett, Beating, Brett Breeding did a <laughs> Tough to ton. say. <laughs> it is. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Uh, did, you know, obviously a ton of Dan Jurgens' work through the 90s, a lot of his Superman work and stuff, some of the more iconic Superman work that he did. So those, those, that's, that's high praise right there. Yeah, I think, they're I, great. I think they're a great combination. And just the, the line work is really strong. The expressiveness, you can certainly still tell it's Jurgens, but there's a different bit of a flavor to it, you know? And, and that's obviously McCarthy coming through. So I, fantastic combination. I like to see. I like that they've continued the word balloons. Uh, Firestorms had a history since this series began of alternating word balloons. You know, whether it be certain color or font or outline or whatever, each Firestorm had his own unique word balloon, and you know that could have easily gone away with the end of the Firestorm protocols. But here they've continued it. Ronnie and Jason, when they're in part of Firestorm, have their own individual word balloons. Doctor Megala has this funny little 
you know, computerized sort of word balloons. So it's nice to see that even though the uh, letter has changed hands and um, they, he's continued that effort. So that, that makes, that always makes me happy. There's another uh, early Firestorm protocol concept that's retained here as well. When Ronnie and Jason are able to see through Dr. Megala Firestorm's eyes, there's a panel or two where you actually see literally through the eyes, like you're looking through eye-shaped goggles. I don't know if you noticed those yes, pages. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice. It's a nice effect. And it's funny. It changes, too, by the shape of Firestorm's eyes. Like, th- these aren't Popeye-shaped, but later on, they're bigger in a scene where Firestorm's eyes were bigger. I thought that was cool. But that, that's something from an earlier issue that they've continued here. So it looks like they're sort of looking from literally behind the eye sockets. So I like that. It's nice to see that continue. So it, I know this is sad, but I'm, like, totally in love with Dr. Megala's colors on this costume. <laughs> The, the dark muted tones and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's, he's Superman 3. It's the dark Superman right. Superman 3. You mentioned that last time. Yeah. He's absolutely Superman 3. But it looks so cool. <laughs> and it's a, you know, it's a combination because it's black. So it's, you know, it's a combination probably of the inking style and like the amazing colors from Hi-Fi. But uh, I just think it looks so cool. It'd be like a, it's almost like Firestorm's X-Force costume. You know, uh, I don't know if you have kept up with X-Force over the years. Not but at all. I, I haven't either, but I, it's it's very well regarded by a lot of people I know, and I know that everyone has like black versions of their costume now. Like, oh, okay. Wolverine has like a black and gray version of well, his costume. Well, of course which, he does. With, right. <laughs> well, they gotta make an action figure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when he's on the X Force team, he has that version of his costume. Deadpool has one too. They all have costumes in gray and black tones. So I just think this this is his X Force costume. So let's see. Uh, oh, by the way, as far as the inking goes, uh, I. I was emailed with Ray McCarthy about this contest I'm going to run a Firestorm fan. Drop. Yeah, you like that? I, did, I just did that. And one of the things he said, too, because I was telling him how great I thought the inking was in this issue, and he actually said he, he thinks that this is the best issue they've inked so far, too. He, he really enjoyed it. So One of the things also I want to mention, Jason, uh, if you look to the first page, looks more like the Jason I want to see. I don't know. Some of you may recall in the last episode I mentioned Jason looked a little different depending on certain panels. Sometimes he looked bulky, kind of, you know, athletic. Other times he looked skinny and gawky. Well, they've moved in this issue to more of a skinny, gawky, gawkier Jason. He's not, like, super skinny, but he's definitely smaller in stature, and that's the kind of Jason I want to see. More Urkel-esque. Ouch. I suppose so. Yes, that's fine. Now, the cover we talked about has an amazing amount of energy. I would say throughout the comic when Dr. Megala Firestorm and Captain Adam are battling, it gets sort of similar, very impressive energy. It's, you know, lots of movement, a lot of dynamic stuff, a lot of energy effects going on. There's one in particular I enjoy. There's a page where Firestorm is on the left panel, Captain Adam's on the right panel, and they have identical nuclear symbols behind them, except it's in different colors depending on, you know, which character's and dominance, and it's just it helps to show the symmetry between these two characters, and why an eventual headlong meeting between Firestorm and Captain Adam just made so much sense. So it's all there in the symbology, you know that. Is that a word? Well, but, yeah, symbology. It's a word. Symbology. Is that a word? Okay. Yeah. All right. Google it, brother. Okay. So I just think that's nice that it helps to demonstrate the, why this meeting just had to be. It was it was going to happen. Event, always going to happen. And here it is. So I like that. It's nice. Symbology. One, the art of expression by symbols. Two, the study or interpretation of symbols. Three, a system of symbols. So there you go. You know what? Deja vu. We've done this before on a podcast where one of us Googled symbology. I I think you're confusing me with some other podcast you've been on, but okay. (laughs) You're on a lot of them. 
I'm on a few. I do show up from time to time. Like <laughs> you are the Wolverine of podcast hosts. <laughs> That's Michael Bailey. <laughs> Michael Bailey is the Wolverine of podcast hosts. So, let's see. Uh, two quick things. One person commented, and we'll get to it later on, that he's absolutely uh, in love with Firestorm's fiery gauntlets, and I am too. Like, that is one of the greatest additions to the Firestorm costume since the original costume is these fiery wrist gauntlets. That's just brilliant. There's a way the energy's roiling out of him, and so it's not just his head. It looks so cool. And I'm sorry, that's just totally fanboyish. I just, I love it, and I'm I'm not apologizing. You know what? I'm not apologizing. <laughs> You're arguing with nobody. <laughs> Damn it, I'm not apologizing. Get off my back, all of you. Nobody. Nobody's arguing. All right. Uh, on page... <laughs> Are you looking at a digital version or hard copy? I'm a digital version. Okay. Page probably 18, I guess it is. There is a shot after Ronnie and Jason... Are reasserting control. I'm sorry. When when no one is in control of Firestorm, there's a brief moment where nobody's in control of Firestorm. Megala has has been downgraded to the the, the waiting room, if you will, and Ronnie and Jason haven't stepped up to take control of the body yet. And there's this great panel of Firestorm with nobody in control. It's a close up of his face. It's, it's creepy. It is. His <laughs> eyes go all his eyes go all anime, and he has no nose. He has no nose. And he has this tiny little mouth, and it's like. For those fans of Firestorm, I mean, this is sort of almost like a like a hint if they if they ever did a blank slate Firestorm. He's the Firestorm who shall not be named. Well, there, <laughs> that's true. He does look a little Voldemortish. There, there Voldemort, Voldemort, Voldemort. I'm not afraid. Dumbledore told me not to be afraid. So there was this period of time in Firestorm's history from '87 to '89 where Ronnie wasn't in control of Firestorm. Professor Stein was supposedly dead. Mikhail Arkinet was in control of Firestorm. Firestorm had his own personality, and he, he didn't know anything. He was childlike. He was learning about the world. In truth, it turned out to be Professor Stein's subconscious, but it, it, we, we refer to it as the blank slate Firestorm because that's kind of what it was. So this is almost like a hint of if they wanted to do a blank slate Firestorm, here's kind of it. When no one's in control of the Firestorm body, this is what happens to it. So I, th- I think it's kind of cool looking. It reminds me a little bit of some proposed designs that for uh, there was a volume of Firestorm that never launched. It was going to be volume three, and it never happened. And it was written by Mike Carey, the guy who writes Unwritten and uh, a lot of the X-Men books. And there was sort of a, a, a Firestorm template. It was half robot, half Firestorm called Maniac. It looks a little bit like that, too. <laughs> that that was really hear, obscure referencing for you. you hear the, the hardcore for, What's that? All I can hear is the flash dance. <laughs> Well, the hardcore Firestorm fans may know what I'm talking about. So, All anyway, I like of you. Hey now, <laughs> hey now, where where are people leaving comments when they listen to the show? Hmm. Hmm. All right, let's yeah, yeah. So, yeah, take that. So, on that same page, uh, I really dig. There's, and since you're looking at digital, you probably can't see this, but in a, in a hard copy version of this comic, which is by the way the the way it's meant to be read. I'm just saying. There, page. I guess, again, it's 18 and 17 are facing pages. And there's these two great shots at the bottom. One is a Megala Firestorm. And on the next page, it's Ronnie Firestorm. And they're almost in identical poses. So on facing pages, it makes for a really nice transition. Oh, that's of, nice. Okay, I see what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, it looks really good together. So that you know, makes this little Firestorm fan happy. So I wanted to uh, point something out on page uh, four where uh, Megala changes the faces of the – of Mount Rushmore. 
Yeah. And I'm going to suggest that any time in any superhero story ever, when Mount Rushmore fits into the plot, it's always because somebody's going to change the faces. <laughs> That's always what it's there for. That is very fair. You know, it's like that Super, Superman it's 2, whatever. Superman 2, yeah. <laughs> that is the only time Mount Rushmore ever appeared. Yeah, no, no, there's no, there's no well, scene in Mount Rushmore except to change the face. Actually, one, one exception. If they build their secret hideout and the person has to go through. Well, that's like the nose or something. The nose. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. That's the only other exception. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just last comment on the art here. I love that, uh. You know, once Ronnie becomes Firestorm, we get to see Jason's floating head, and almost every time Firestorm's on screen, that just makes me so happy. I love the floating head thing. I love it. You know what? Hey, Dan Jurgens, if you're listening, here's a plea. Please figure out a way to work Professor Stein back into the book. I know DC told you he's dead, but, you know, I'm just saying. Don't listen to them. <laughs> I'm just saying, if they're not reading real close, I'm just saying the professor might come back somehow. <laughs> the other guys put him in the quantum field. You know, anyway. I think you can, um, you can distract an average DC editor by just yelling, hey, Batman, isn't that Batman over there? And they're like, what? And they look over there, and then you can just do what you want. That, that could work. That could work. <laughs> uh, from a plot point of view, uh, I, I mentioned a little bit of, of the idea on this Megala thing, but I, having Ronnie and Jason stuck together working on the, uh, on the ropes was great. But part of one of the things that shines in those is that Jason shows himself to be the thinker. You know, Ronnie's like, what are we going to do? And Jason keeps coming up with theories. And I like that because that's Jason's role in the series is to be the support, the advice, the guy who recommends stuff. And in fact, when Ronnie becomes Firestorm at the end, Jason's constantly giving commentary on here, try this, do this, here's a suggestion. And I really like that because that's – I love seeing that role for Jason because it gives him something to do. He's not just a, a passenger. He's an active participant. So that makes me happy. The Mount Rushmore thing you've mentioned, I, I love it when they use Firestorm's transmutation powers. You know, it's that's kind of a classic Firestorm thing. I mean, what what he had Megala do is almost something very Conway, Jerry Conway esque. So, you really, Dan Jurgens and Ray McCarthy have done a great job. You're sort of capturing again the Jerry Conway, Pat Broderick, uh, Raphael Kayan era of Firestorm. That makes me very happy. Uh, I just wanted to point out randomly that on page 14, you see the aircraft carrier get hit by yeah. the tsunami. The, the yeah. aircraft carriers are having a bad month in the new 52. They are. That's. I wonder if it's the same one. <laughs> <laughs> that would really that would it might explain a few things, you know. I mean, and you know what? I know the tsunami was created by the energy explosion, but wouldn't it be cool if it was actually related to the Atlantis thing? That would be really cool. That would be. I like it when they they do those kind of things. You know, here's a good example. I like it when comics touch each other. It, it, oh, that doesn't whoa! Oh, I like it when storylines cross over <laughs> into other books. For example, when Captain Adam is destroyed here. You know, a shard of him goes to the 31st century and becomes some blonde guy with a scar in his eye whose name is Adam. And apparently that's going to come to be in the Legion Lost comic. And I love that kind of stuff where something happens in one story and it affects another. So if, you know, obviously that wave didn't come from the Atlantis, Throne of Atlantis storyline, but I like it when that kind of thing happens. Like one of my favorite examples is I remember this old issue of West Coast Avengers. They were out in L.A., and they're going H- around. Hence, sa- the, hence the name. Well, I mean, maybe they're in Seattle. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Seattle Avengers. The, or the Oregon Avengers. The Oregonian Avengers. <laughs> um, have I ever told you how much I love Portland? I love Portland. I'm just there. Okay. It's said. It's out there. I'm just saying it. You. And I love Fred Armisen and Gary Branston. Man, amazing city. Great comic shops too. So, <laughs> I said they're tourist guy. 
<laughs> you totally distracted me talking about Oregon. I'm sorry. You, you totally threw the balance to show off. I'm. I'm. Mm. That my work anyway. here is done. What was I talking about? I don't even know no, now. Nobody cares. Oh, West Coast Avengers. Oh yeah. So I love. The, I love. <laughs> thanks for your enthusiasm. I love this old <laughs> issue of West Coast Avengers where they're saving a bunch of people from like a, a blizzard in L.A. And they're like, "Gosh, this is you know, this is crazy. This is, it's only like I don't know, three, four panels long, and it never explains it. It just says like, see Thor number three sixty or recent issues of Thor for you know where the thunder, where the blizzard comes from." I love that. That was great. Yeah, that's fun. So, you know, if that wave had hit the air, aircraft carrier and it said, you know, see recent, recent issues of Aquaman for why, that would have been like, hooray. But It'd be funny, like, Firestorm is battling above the ocean versus my guy. And then you just, in the background, you just see, like, all of Ocean Masters people swimming by. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And, well, and as we know, later on down the line, the, the, the uh, storylines of Firestorm and Justice League will be converging a bit. Not the storylines, but the characters. So... Okay, tell us more about that. Okay, well, supposedly, uh, coming from people who are much more plugged in than I, uh, at the end of Throne of Atlantis, Firestorm's going to be joining the Justice League. Oh, my gosh! Wow, that was very high-pitched. It was. That um, was I had to represent my excitement. That was I, a Ned uh, Flanders scream. That's what that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't want to say supposedly again because I just said it a couple seconds ago, but outcomes of Throne of Atlantis is going to be they're going to the JLers are going to say the JL the JLers are going to say you know we need a bigger team to take on these threats so we're adding members and and well I have to say again supposedly um, among the members joining will be Mira which is very happy about that and, oh wow and Firestorm well I mean I, everyone's seen the cover of number I don't know it is eighteen or something Sorry, like that yeah. and the the grid storyline and you know, Firestorm's on the cover, and I think Mara's on the cover. Like, everyone that was on that poster, yeah. you know, remember or, yep. or, uh, that, that one image? Long, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, when before the New 52 launched, they released a Justice League image of the main seven, and around the outer edges, it had several other ancillary characters that, you know, suggested they would be joining the League eventually. One of them was Firestorm, one of them was Mara, and, you know, a bunch of other people. So I didn't know if that was really going to come to be with issue 18-ish or not. Uh, I just figured they were going to let Element Woman join the team, and then she'd betray them all, and that would be <laughs> the Jeff Johns move kind of thing. Uh, I didn't know that, it, yeah, Firestorm joining the team would be amazing. So I hope he didn't get relegated to the Vibe team. <laughs> that was a little plug for Frank. The Vibe Justice League. That's what they're going to be known as from now on. It's not the Martian Manhunter Justice League. It's the Vibe Justice League. Um. Just two quick notices. I, I did enjoy the fun. There's some fun in this issue because, you know, again, it's supposed to be lighthearted. It's supposed to be, you know, fun superhero comics. So you get, like, the giant Rubik's Cube. Uh, at first I thought, like, that's a teenager thing to do. And I'm like, no, that's actually a 30 years ago product. Yeah, <laughs> so having a, a, a really old guy who's a super genius that likes logic puzzles, that actually makes perfect sense to have it be a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> um, and then I like, I like this weird banter they have where they're talking about annoying Megala and – Ronnie's like, yeah, we're headhunters. He's like really jazzed about being ghosted in his head. And, and Jason's like, what? Well, okay, you stay on that. Right. <laughs> so that cracked me up. So finally, this issue has an awesome cliffhanger, as I mentioned. I love issues with cliffhangers. Uh, I don't know whether the next issue will wrap up this storyline or not. I don't know whether it starts a new story or wraps up. I mean, it's probably going to wrap up because... 
you know, at one point they they said they were launching Data Zen to go out and help Dr. Megala. And Data Zen never showed up, so it could very well be Data Zen shows up in the next issue. He is on the cover for next issue, but as of right now, I'm not sure we can trust the covers because, you know, they've replaced one cover already. <laughs> I don't think we can trust the covers. They're shady. Those covers are shady. Anyway, so... I don't know whether the next issue is going to be a continuation or not, but I'm all for cliffhangers every issue, whether there is a continuing story or not. Like uh, Chuck Dixon on Robin used to do this. Every issue, he would find some cliffhanger. And it didn't even have to be tied to the story. Like, or, I mean, Ron, uh, Robin snuck, into his, snuck home into his bedroom one night, and his girlfriend was in his room. Dun, 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 dun. You know, it was, it was, sometimes they were really forced, but it was always a cliffhanger. And I love that philosophy, so... I hope that we continue with cliffhangers every issue, regardless of what's going on, regardless of whether it wraps up a story in line or not. I want a cliffhanger every time. That's a very 80s move, so I dig that. I hope in the next issue, uh, <clears throat> Aquaman swims by and rescues Firestar from, from the water. Now, they'll probably get someone useful, like Mara, to do it. That silence brought to you by Pop Funk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, all right, that is going to wrap up our coverage of Firestorm, the, uh, the Fury Firestorm, the Nuclear Man, number 15. Really great issue. Uh, Dan Jurgens and Ray McCarthy are knocking it out of the park. They are on a real, real high here as far as story quality, folks. And if someone, if, if you know people who aren't reading Firestorm, if you yourself are not reading Firestorm, shame on you. Buy a copy. Do the Charlemagne method of buy two copies, you know, whatever it takes, because we need to get some support drummed up for this book, because sales are still not where they need to be. And you know what else? Try writing DC Comics. Um, go out to DC Comics website. They have a submit a letter thing there. Feel free to please. I encourage everyone to submit a letter to, uh, under the name, you know, saying about Firestorm, and just tell them how much you're enjoying the book and how much you're enjoying the new direction. Because the more they hear that, the more they're likely to, you know, continue to support the book. Because DC doesn't really get fan letters anymore. There's just message boards and right. stuff nowadays, and it's full of anger and bile about everything. Why do I get the feeling that the the the, uh, the email form on the DC Comics website goes to Marvel? Aww. <laughs> DC's like, we don't want to hear from you people, so they just redirect it. Well, I just it's I think uh, I imagine an email to DC is going to get a little more attention than just a nasty or positive comment on Facebook. Right. You know. So send an email to Firestorm uh, to about Firestorm to DC Comics. Make it of a positive effort. You know, let them know what you think about the book. Let them know that you're enjoying it because they need to hear that. They don't just need to hear the thousands of angry fanboys <laughs> who stopped reading comics in the '90s, but by God, they still talk about it on the internet. All right, <laughs> so I'm done with my rant. Shot at Frank from out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, it wasn't really intended, but I guess it was, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, Frank, we love you so. All right. Uh, with that, I think we're going to go to break. Yeah, we're going to. There's going to be a little clip here of, uh, of a Firestorm-centric clip from uh, Batman: Brave and the Bold. Sweet. When we come back, folks, we're going to cover some listener feedback. So let me get this straight. After scouring the globe, we got ourselves a couple of kids. Hey, a gym coach, science teacher, and uh, what? Water beast, how you doing? This is all that's left to fight the greatest threat to humanity ever? Yeah, and who are you supposed to be? Uh, Booster Gold, hero of the 25th century. Never heard of you. Listen up, some of you are inexperienced. Naive. Arrogant. Or... 
Eccentric. But like it or not, we're Earth's only hope for survival. So suck it up and put on your game faces. Shazam! Firestorm! You must have one heck of a power to pull off that look. Allow me to demonstrate. Uh, let's see. I'll need you... and... you. I am so gonna hurt. That was awesome. Do it again. <clears throat> All right, folks. We're back from break, and now it's time for... Listeners Feedback! And oh my gosh. Um, we've mentioned before how I do this. I go out to the internets and to the interwebs and pull feedback from... You know, Facebook and Twitter and our sites and email and Tumblr and all these different places and put it into one like Word doc so Rob and I can sort of somehow manage it. And 26 pages this thing is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So you guys are awesome. I say it every time. I'm going to say it again. Hands down, you guys are the best podcast listening community out there. Absolutely, without a doubt. You guys are fantastic. With that said, uh, we're going to jump right in. And start going through this stuff. Um, this covers a lot of episodes, guys. <laughs> We're going all the way back to episode 35, which is the episode where Rob and I just do a geek talk. We talked about Star Wars and Disney. We talked about, you know, just kind of whatever we felt like. So there's going to be a lot of references. and We'll try to tell you which episode the, the comment may be referencing if it's particular. But there's geek talk stuff in here. There's Phantom Stranger stuff in here. There's Firestorm number... And Aquaman number 14 in here. There's Aquaman number 15 in here. So there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> All right. Going to start off with our buddy Keith Samra, uh, who lives down under. And uh, he gave us some shout-outs over on Twitter and over on the Firestorm fan site. And he says, uh, thanks for other many – oh, this – he did an, a really cool art piece for us. And he won his Steam Award for it. It was Firestorm and Aquaman leaning up against a really cool logo, and a lot of people were very complimentary. So he came back saying, thanks, Robin Shag, for the many shout-outs and kind words on my little art piece. I'll ink it and color it when you finish off your superpower special. Absolutely. Yeah, blackmail there. Look at that. So uh, he, he goes on to say that he really enjoys the Tangent episodes, and uh, he's a bit – he learned quite a bit about Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry. So uh, – he also said he appreciated Rob giving George Lucas major props for donating a large majority of his $4.05 billion he got from Disney. Uh, he donated uh, that to – large majority of that to education. So I would very, have appreciated if George Lucas had donated a little bit of that to me. But. Right. Well, the next line says, a very praiseworthy, charitable, and selfless act. Way to go for ruining that, Rob. Um, <laughs> he didn't write that. I threw that last – anyway, he's, con he's trying to say how nice it was, and over you, you're just fussing. So, geez, Rob, I tell you. Anyway, so uh, – and he is actually a fan of the Star Wars prequels. And um, oddly enough, this led to a fairly lengthy conversation <laughs> on Firestorm Fan amongst different listeners about the prequels. Um, one person posing, am I the only one? And I like that Daniel Cynical Adams came back and said, yes, you are the only one. So, <laughs> and um, – he he's, was very proud of his Steam Award. He was uh, he's going to put it right next to his fictitious Nobel Peace Prize Award. However, I have to say later on, um, if I remember right, I think Keith is the one who offered to sell his uh, Steam Award. So I'm not too happy oh, with that's that. That's right. Keith. Yeah. 
I do like this when uh, when Chad Bokelman, uh, infant Chad Bokelman, came in and stepped in and helped out and did the Phantom Stranger episode with Rob. He wrote, uh, Keith wrote, "Holy dirty socks down my jocks, Batman. Shag's been replaced by some sort of Phantom Stranger." <laughs> that made me happy. He uh, he comments how Captain Adam now looks like uh, Silver Surfer uh, without the, without the, the Sands board. And he also really liked episode number or issue number fourteen of Firestorm. He said Jurgens has made it a top a must read top of my pile book. And if we're looking for a name for Megala Firestorm, how about Megalastorm? <laughs> sounds great because it sounds better than Fire Gala. He wrote. <laughs> now uh, last issue, Rob and I went on a really odd digression. Last episode. Last episode. Sorry, I went on a really odd digression talking about Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> I don't know whether we were trying to fill time or, or it was another earlier recording and we were just punch drunk. I think that's probably more likely. But he's kind enough to follow up our comments. We said I, – I, one of us, probably me because I'm fascinated by Australia, had said that all the nature shows make Australia look like the most dangerous place in the <laughs> universe. So he goes uh, – he says that New, Ze- New, e- New Zealand is indeed a dangerous place to live. It's a surprise that the human race hasn't been eradicated here yet by all the killer bunnies, man-eating flies, toxic rain, and sharp tr- razor-sharp tree branches. So I kid, of course. New Zealand would be uh, – w- uh, is one of the safest places to live uh, as far as creatures go. So Australia is a different story. They have snakes and spiders and snakes that eat spiders. But I lived there for a couple of mo- months of my youth, and other than the heat, there really actually wasn't much to worry about. You're usually safe from anything poisonous in the city areas. Uh, he went on to say how much he is going to miss recent Prado and Aquaman, but he at least will have him on Justice League. And he says Dan Jurgens is kicking all sorts of ass on Firestorm. Continuing the, the other side of the world discussion, Ryan Withers, who's from Australia, emailed us. And I, sorry, I'm just going to focus on this because I find this crap funny. This is the nuts to me. He says, so you were discussing deadly animals in reference to Australia and wanted to know if it was as dangerous as the Discovery Channel detail says it is. Well, the majority, um, basically goes on to basically say the biggest danger in Australia where people live, which is primarily on the coast on the east side, is the most biggest danger is people talk to themselves on the train and then want to talk to you. So, um, <laughs> people uh, are the same everywhere. Basically, uh, he's basically saying, you know, most of the dangerous creatures do not live in the cities. So sharks are a bit problematic, and unfortunately, Aquaman has not been spotted to sort out the hungrier ones. So then we heard from our good buddy Siskoid, who gave us some support over on Twitter and on Firestorm Fan. Um, he he had some back and forth about Hawkman, which just cracked me up. He was basically he, he kind of shared his opinion on Hawkman and saying like, you know, the Joe Kubert Hawkman is really kind of like his Hawkman, and. Uh, are you, are you filing paperwork over there, Rob? Is that what you're doing? Because the rest of us are trying to do a podcast. I'm just saying. My, my cat knocked my water bottle onto the floor, and she's having a grand old time wrestling it. And I've been contemplating whether to try and reach over and take it away from her because it's making a whole crap ton of noise. You're so, probably going to lose a hand. So, if you Shag, do that. Shag, why don't you talk and I will go do that? Okay. All right, hold on. So, Siskoid goes on, and he's talking about Hawkman, and he, he, he really likes the Joe Kubert Hawkman and says he hasn't really warmed a lot of the other ones. And it's just funny because he goes back and forth with Luke Jacanetti, who runs a Hawkman blog. And, and he, they're, they have, they're of different mindsets. Either way, Siskoid comes back and actually calls Luke by the name Frank, <laughs> which, is, which is, is just a disease on this show. Where people call other people Frank is hysterical. It cracks me up. I've always so, called you by your name. So Luke writes back, you seriously just called me Frank. You seriously just called me Frank. Seriously. You called me Frank for serious. Wow. 
just wow. <laughs> just, uh, Luke's like, you know, probably cried himself to sleep on his Hawkman uh, pillow uh, <laughs> about that one. So anyway, so there's some uh, talk here about Firestorm number 14. Uh, Siskoid says there's two schools of thoughts when it comes back to bringing Mr. Cancelled, talking about Captain Adam. I don't see it as a kiss of death, but rather a way to keep a character alive, even though the series collapsed. Same with Mr. Terrific of Earth 2. No uh, J.T. Kroll fan here, but I really did like his Captain Adam, so I'm not so I'm not sorry to see him here in Firestorm. Megal and Eiling in the pages of Firestorm, especially since these characters have a history. Talks about Roy Raymond TV detective, because Siskoid is one of our historical uh, experts on DC Comics, by the way, and I don't mean that in a joking way. I'm serious. He talks about how he pretty much appeared in um, Detective Comics, where he backed up Batman for a number of years. So having... Roy Raymond being Firestorm, or Ronnie Raymond's uh, uncle, is pretty damn cool. And he came up with the name for Megala Firestorm as well, just called him Megastorm. Well, I like it. goes, the name for the Megala Firestorm, challenge accepted. So I assume <laughs> that Siskoid is wearing a suit when he, when he wrote this. Right. Uh, he backed me up on my love of the Hawkeye comic book. He said, uh, totally the best superhero comic on the stands right now. Oh, Hawkeye is so good. And... Uh, he enjoyed our gentle ribbing about his French-Canadian accent. Now, Cisco had appeared on our show, it's fair to say, by the way, in episode 38, Our Year in Spectacular, and we really appreciate him being there. He says that the Aquaman song is the best he's ever heard, that's and he's pretty, heard quite a few. Pretty good so that's stuff. High, that's high praise. So, He has a shameful T-shirt confession, which cracked me up. We talked about shirts. In college, I had one no, – I'm sorry. In college, I had not one but two Ghost Rider T-shirts. <laughs> the 90s one, one white and one black. I can't believe I wore those things like all the time. Shame, shame. So he says he would not feel the same if you if he had an Aquaman or Firestorm shirt. So so Tiscoid so didn't get laid in college, is what he's saying. <laughs> hey now, some comic book guys did. Thank you very much. We'll have that conversation off air, and I'll tell you about <laughs> my long tryst of of lovers. So <laughs> fire and water after dark. That's right. So uh, and then there's a nice conversation going back and forth between Cisco and Kichi Baker. Uh, I love that Dale Gunn has suddenly been brought up from Justice League Detroit. He goes, hey, isn't, hey, Keith, isn't Dale Gunn slated to appear in the Vibe series, or is that just a joke that I took to be his fact? Keith wrote back, I assume everything I hear about Vibe is a joke until proven otherwise. <laughs> Just going with the best strategy. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, we heard from our buddy Luke Giaconetti. Um, we heard from him in a lot of places. Over on Twitter. Uh, at El Chacon. We heard from him on Google+, and we heard from him on our sites, which is nice. Um, most of his comments are just a litany of um, Hawkman praise and um, country bumpkin verbiage. He, is Off, def- but- he, he has definitely turned into the skit on that one. <laughs> All fiddlesticks. Look like you fancy pants city slicks have hornswoggled me into downloading your daggum internet radio show. <laughs> Oh, that cracks me up. So, uh, but no, I mean, it's, um, he's defending, uh, you know, Hawkman, which is really kind of a waste of time. But I will say, I actually just bought a bunch of Hawkman comics from the New 52 for a dollar each. And I made the, they had a huge stack of them in the comic shop. And I told the, the retailer, I'm like, look, tell you what, these aren't going anywhere, man. They're just not. I said, I'll pay you a dollar for each one of these. And it wasn't the whole run, but it was a chunk of them. And uh, and I said, as long as you make me a promise not to reorder any, because then you're then I'm supporting the book, and that's not what I'm trying to do. So <laughs> I will, you know, I, like I said, I will probably support the book when the writers are transitioning here, and it's starting to happen. So that's why I picked them up, but uh, I did not want to support the earlier issues. I'm just saying that. So, all right, Sean oh, before, Corey. Uh, wait, before we move on to that, though, I have to laugh when he when he said. I wanted to share this current photo of myself so you could picture me in your heads when they played my segment. It was a picture of Gabby Hayes. 
really, like, he kind of gave the joke away because the address had Gabby in the thing. It's a Gabby.jpg. I was like, I know what right. I, I know what's coming, but I still laugh when I saw it. <laughs> By the way, I, I should have said, you know, I, just like Cisco had appeared on our episode uh, 38, You're in Spectacular, Luke was kind enough to appear on there. And as, as much ribbing as we're giving him now, uh, we really appreciate that. And his, his commentary was great. Absolutely. So. Uh, we got some Facebook support from Sean Corey. Also on Twitter, uh, he left a comment on the Aquaman Shrine on the Geek Talk episode. Why does everybody leave comments at Firestorm fan? Just say don't fill out, left out, Rob. Awesome episode. Keep up the good work. I like that pity comment he gave you. Uh, it, well, it's totally a pity comment, but but I appreciate it because Blogger makes commenting on the Shrine like nearly impossible. WordPress. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll admit in this case, WordPress is definitely better um, because the the couple times I've tried to turn the turn the um, uh, like word capacha thing off, I the, the shrine just got flooded with junk comments, just tons of spam. So I oh, were they talking about? Were they talking about Aquaman? But um, boom. Good lord. Get that junk. Comment. Um. So, okay. In a couple of months, let's see who has a book to talk about and who doesn't. Um. <laughs> Damn. Um, well, you're. I'm gonna bring the thunder if you're gonna. Try to I was picking on you, not Aquaman. Uh, I guess it was. Yeah, you on. were totally picking on him. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that's that's the problem with that is that leaving comments on the shrine is really hard, and I apologize, but until I can figure out a way around it, that's what we kind of have to deal with. So everybody tends to leave the comments over at the Firestorm fan, which is which, and I do too. So <laughs> I, I just like to think it's because it's a better put together site. I'm just saying. Now it's been pretty sparse lately. I have to admit, for those of you who do read Firestorm fan, I apologize. This time of year is extraordinarily difficult for me with work. And so I've been lucky if I can eke out two or three posts a week. So um, I should be ramping up again in January. And as I mentioned a couple times now, we're going to have a contest. So be ready for that. And I could point out that the Shrine hasn't missed a day in six years. And I don't have some excuse. Well, you post like 18 things a day. Well, all right. Nobody has time to read all that. Except for the legion of people that go to your site, Again, which is a ton of people. Thousands of people a day. That's fine. I hate you. Um, Sean uh, mentioned he's also a Star Wars fan, a little worried about the expanded universe. Um, and, you know, that's kind of how I felt, too. Now, Sean runs a Captain Carrot blog, and we, we had been talking about these Kia cars that were released, Justice League Kia cars, a few issues back. And apparently, I don't even remember doing this, but apparently one of us had something about a Captain Carrot car. That was you. And, it wasn't me. Okay. And he just – he thinks that was hysterical. That really gave him a good belly laugh, and uh, now he's going to dig out back issues and see if Captain Carrot ever, ever actually did have a carrot mobile. So. <laughs> and Sean Corey is very proud of the fact that I have trouble pronouncing his last name, as I have trouble pronouncing just about every other word in the English language. Thanks so much for that, Sean. So <laughs> here's my favorite bit. In episode 37, where we talked about Firestorm number 14, Aquaman number 14, Sean said, I fell asleep during the Aquaman portion of this episode. Sorry, Rob. And my response is, to be fair, I fall asleep when Rob's talking, too. So that's okay. We got a comment, of course, from Diablo Frank. Um, I, have, I just have this observation about Frank. I don't know if I just really want to read the comments so much. I just so much have this observation. I get the sense that Frank absolutely loves all this comic book stuff and superheroes and all this nerd stuff. And he also hates it deeply. He hates it as much as he loves it. And he also hates himself for loving it. That, 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 is, that is the vibe I get from Frank when I read his comments. Vibe? The vibe the you vibe get vibe I get. There you go. Yeah. Not true. He run, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, he runs a Justice League, Frank runs a Justice League Detroit blog. So, uh, not he's bad, our, Frank. You're too sad. <laughs> 
Uh, Frank was very kind. He said that uh, Keith Samer did a damn fine job on that Firestorm, our Fire and Water logo. He has a great comment here, which has nothing to do with the show, but I just love this. He talks about Star Trek The Motion Picture, and uh, he says uh, he's never been able to stay awake through it. <laughs> he says there is no better sleep aid in my experience, and I could not agree more. Star Trek The Motion Picture, I watched the first 30 minutes, and that's it. I'm done every single time. So He, he was pissy because... Uh, I guess a little pissy because Martian Manhunter didn't get a Kia. <laughs> so Cyborg, Cyborg can have an ugly-ass Kia. Martian Manhunter got a Ford race car a few years back. I so. love this bit about I never get invited by Newsarama or Comic Resources to write anything. Maybe I should refer to comic creators and their work with F-bombs, C-spray, and dirty pictures of people's mothers. God. <laughs> That's Frank in a nutshell right there, folks. Um, he was sort of... Uh, so it was suggested he should do a DC Challenge podcast, and uh, I like here he just repeated over and over, is it safe? Is it safe? I don't is get it safe? that at is all. It? I mean, I know what the reference is from, but I don't get what it has to do with DC Challenge. What, what is, what's the reference from? Uh, it's a scene from Marathon Man where um, Dun, uh, Dustin Hoffman has be, been taken hostage by Laurence Olivier, and Laurence Olivier thinks Hoffman has this like, in, secret information, and uh, he says, is it safe? And Hoffman has no idea what he's talking about. He's like, what? What is what safe? And so as torture, Lawrence Olivier performs um, dental surgery on Hoffman without anesthetic. Jeez. Yeah, it's a pretty it's – it's like the most famous public dental scene in like any movie because people still to this day are like <laughs> – So uh, – and it brought out that emotion in me when I read it, but I just don't know what has to do with DC Challenge. <laughs> maybe he means it'd be that painful. So. I, maybe so. <laughs> he likes that you – that Rob and Chad Bogleman stumbled onto uh, Frank's secret – that um, all the silent clubhouse members of Bloodlines uh, form a Voltron-like entity with a pseudonym Diablo Frank. So he's actually not just one person. A nonsensical anagram derived from the letters of everyone's first name. <laughs> Only the egoist Ange bucks the trend by using his own handle. Seriously, Diablo, I'm amazed the ruse lasted this long. <laughs> he also mentions in a comment related to episode 37, Firestorm 14 and Aquaman 14, I don't have any comic book shirts older than Chad Bogleman. All those <laughs> All those go too tattered and tight on my aging, expanding body across the decades. And that kid missed the first two rounds of Batmania. Actually, no, I'm not going to pile on the new Frank, even if that nickname underscores how you could almost fit two of Chad's lifetimes into my own. Oh, jeez. Oh, Chad. That's what you get, Rob, for uh, podcasting with a 12-year-old. Uh-huh. So. Um, he made an interesting observation I never thought of. Uh, John Byrne has never significantly contributed to either Firestorm or Aquaman. No, that's oh. true. He, uh, this is a comment, by the way, I want to bring up because I see this a lot. There is a lot of anger towards skinny Amanda Waller. Yes. Like, yes. there's a lot of people that have a real issue with that. And uh, he says, she's everything I hate about the New 52 in a nutshell. There you go. He also agrees with Rob. And by the way, I'm, I'm just skimming through some of Frank's comments. He leaves us um, a dissertation after every episode, yes. which, by which the I way. I look forward to. Exactly. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal, and I think that uh, it's, it's it's a mainstay of the fandom. So please, Frank, don't don't let up anytime soon. But we just we have for the sake of the show, not making this an eight-hour podcast. We can't read them all. So, but he agrees with Robin giving corporate comics the finger. He just hasn't found many uh, independent comics to replace them. He also gave us a very nice shout out over on his website, Idlehead of Diablo. Thank you very much uh, for that. Frank gave us some commentary on episode 38, the one where he helped guest star. He sort of did a running commentary on the other people that had segments. He's, I wish Michael Bailey did a podcast about characters I'm into because he talked good. And I'm a big fan of negativity. Uh, I'm a big Cisco. fan of negativity. Right. <laughs> he enjoys Cisco's, but gosh, so positive. Weirds me out. Uh, they're, they're, they're positive up there in Canada. 
Chad made a challenge to try and take over Frank's spot as uh, as far as quantity produced. He says, uh, I've been burned and, burned and worn out lately, Chad, so if he applied himself, he could marshal his Austin blogs against my Houston compound. So... <laughs> Then he commented on Luke Dobbs' song. He said, like, uh, that's like a real, song, a real song that a non-geek might enjoy on the radio and stuff. So I do like where he supported here like Luke Giaconetti's hillbilly self and said, I'm still waiting for Giaconetti to free up time for our hawk manhunter chest-strapping young aliens podcast to launch. <laughs> I keep trying to tell him shouting his portion into a sody pop bottle and tossing it into the Mississippi – that he intended for me to pluck out of the Gulf and, and listen to ain't going to cut it. God, that's a, that's a long way to go for a joke. And uh, this proves that he says he has the worst voice in the JLA blogosphere. It most obviously works off a script. says my supporters are kicking themselves now. Next time, work smart and push for a Betty White to guest star as guest host uh, instead. Frank, I think you're being too hard on yourself, buddy. You were you were at least as interesting as uh, watching grass grow. So well, don't, don't worry about. Yeah, I, I don't think so much sounds like Frank works from a script as he does a manifesto. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, makes me happy. He agrees that Jeff Johns has uh, hit his high point with his early JSA work, and he feels like uh, JLA Justice League actually began with the Tony Daniels issues. It says it feels sort of like Aquaman and his super friends right now. And uh, I'm he, okay with that. He's all about Aquaman riding a giant seahorse, and he says, Ocean Master triggered the missiles. Aquaman only has two villains, and I don't think Black Man did it. <laughs> I tell him this could be the chance to bring back Blackjack. I'm just saying. That's right. Uh, I'm going to go – in the interest of time, we actually have to pick up the pace a bit, folks. We do. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going here, but you're going to speak a lot faster. So uh, <laughs> uh, Keith G. Baker left his comment on Facebook and over on Twitter, and uh, on, so thank you for that. Over on Firestorm Fan – he had some comments from this last episode. He said he loved someone else caught the Orm Namor reference uh, comparison. Yeah, that was his first thought, too. This, this was disturbing. He said, uh, Superman and Wonder Woman, didn't, uh, didn't the Clark Diana scene in Smallville seem a bit risque? Or was I the only one who saw this as a post-coital chit-chat in his childhood home? Um, in hindsight, I think he's got a point there. I, she stayed over, but I don't think that she stayed over. If you know what I, mean. I think she stayed over. Okay. Hey, look at Oh, yeah. yeah look at the... Uh, the, the February Valentine's Day cover where she's dry humping him. She stayed over. So. Anyway, uh, he says Mara's hot. Thank you for backing me up on that. Uh, he, he, was kind of, he also said he wished the flooding would sort of carry over through the new 52 continuity, kind of like I mentioned that West Coast Avengers thing. I would agree. So, And he says he could see Volko as Dale, the Dale Gunn type. Man, Dale Gunn's getting all kinds of A play. lot of Dale Gunn love. Well, there used to always be a lot of Dale Gunn love from the ladies, mm. so. And uh, he thought it was interesting that Orm uh, just assumed that Arthur had taken over the surface world. I like that. By the way, I have to say, just to continue the Dale Gunn stuff, Chuck Patton admits that he modeled Dale Gunn off himself. Yes. So, you know, I'm sure there's some bit of, you know, like uh, fantasizing a bit that he drew himself into the comic as the ladies' man. Well, yeah, because, you know, Vixen and Zatanna are tripping over themselves yeah. to get to him. I'm not too. suggesting Chuck Patton had a problem with the ladies. I'm just saying it's kind of funny. He throws himself in that character. But anyway, um, we go, we said we got to get moving. Uh, we got a comment from Earth 2 Chris on the Phantom, Phantom Stranger episode. I have to admit, this is my first non-Who's Who Fine Water podcast. Chris, come on. Uh, I've been hesitant to listen because I'm not following DC's current output. Sorry, guys, just can't do it. But the Phantom Stranger has always been a character I was intrigued by, so I give it a listen. I really enjoyed it. I think I'll go back and catch up on Fire and Water too. Yes, Chris, do that. <laughs> uh, heard from our buddy Daniel Cynical Adams, who, uh, with his uh, partner, has written 
our ending theme, our fantastic ending theme. So he gave us some shout-outs on Facebook and left us some comments on different episodes. One of his says, I find it kind of funny, yet kind of irksome, that Rob always seems to find a way to hate on Jeff Johns, considering how much he's done good for the Sea King and his minions. Granted, I'm admittedly a blind, a mindless Johns follower, but my point remains valid. Hmm. I don't enough. think it does. I don't think it does. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm that way at, at all, but okay. Uh, he does. He does go on to say the boy. Like he uses the actual greater than symbol. It's just the boys, meaning uh, Reese and Prado and Reese, are better. Are 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 bigger than Jim Lee. So uh, I, I don't think we would disagree. Yeah. Uh, we got some comments from Little Russell Burbage, of course, from uh, somewhere in Florida. I don't know, there's probably some town called like Alligator Gulch, Florida, or something like that. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> Uh, reg- regarding um, Firestorm and Aquaman number numbers fourteen, he said he agrees that these issues were meh and awesome respectively. Now uh, it's funny because he said these issues were meh and awesome respectively, referring to Firestorm fourteen, Aquaman fourteen. He got those backwards. He meant to I say th- well, they were awesome and meh respectively. Nah, I think you were meh and I was awesome. So anyway, go ahead. No, he was saying that Firestorm was awesome and Aquaman was meh. Yes, we're, right. We're, but he's yes. saying respectively, which means that's in order. Anyway, just keep going. I'm, I'm hung up on this. Uh, <laughs> sad that listener feedback got truncated at his secret orphanage somewhere in Kansas. Little Russell Burbage cried himself to sleep after listening to this broadcast. I can't. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he also left in a comment on for episode uh, 39, Aquaman number 15. Uh, another great podcast, although Shag seemed especially nicer to Rob this time, maybe because he was sick. Um, <laughs> as far as I know, Shag doesn't give me any any break on that. I think I was just sleeping. It could be. I just assumed that it was Ocean Master took control of the missiles and let the trench out. If it isn't, then John's plotting really doesn't work, because really, isn't he the only suspect? I would love another Aquaman t-shirt or a Firestorm one for my buddy Jason Rush. Very subtle, wasn't it? <laughs> but he said, regardless, I plan on buying one or two before the deadline, which I very much appreciate it. Thank you, Russell. Yes, definitely support Pop Funk and buy those shirts. Use, use the, the code. Don't forget, Firewater10. That's right. Got an email from uh, Robert Wiley. Uh, I don't know if it's Willing or Wiling. Uh, once again, um, the English language has befuddled me. So, anyway, he just he left us his note about uh, Firehawk because he's really a big fan of Firehawk. And he wanted to know what was going on. Uh, and Dan Jurgens said, "I think for now that particular version of Firehawk is left behind us." This is Dan Jurgens wrote to him. Sorry. Uh, however, I think there should always be a Firehawk in the sphere of Firestorm characters. So Robert says, "There he goes, guys," and he interprets that as to be if we get an, if we see Firehawk, it's going to be a new Firehawk. So cool. Uh, got a nice email from Daniel Janes. Um, Kind of debating about who fire. He, he just it's a nice email and basically debating who may have sent the missiles and uh, kind of pointing out how similar to what um, I guess it was Russell said about you know really there's only a few suspects so unless they do something out of left field it doesn't really work that well. Heard from uh, I, I really was tempted to save this for the very end but we heard from Andy Kapolish. I was going to say that to the very end just to get in his craw but I said I'll, I'll cut him a break. Heard from him on Twitter and Facebook and uh, he was very excited that. Um, we mentioned him in listener feedback when we didn't do listener feedback. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost worse than Frank because I get my machine without even having to do anything. I win the day. <laughs> All right, Capellish. <laughs> um, we got emails from – we got a comment from uh, Blue Scream. <laughs> if that's how you say that name. Uh, it's all various caps and lowercase, so it's kind of hard uh, to figure out. Um, I really dug the flashback to Arthur's, Arthur's ancestor in the 80s-esque costume. Nice callback. I kept trying to figure out if the captain of the ship was a callback to an older villain, but honestly, there are too many pirate-esque characters in Aquaman's past. 
Um, he left another comment on Frogman number 15. Oh man, in others' book, please say it's really true. It is true. Also, Cyborg will be choke slammed by the end of this event. <laughs> uh, we got another comment from Anthony Gerso, The Toy Room. I think the reason that Justice League number 15 feels different than all their previous issues definitely has to do with the new art team. First and foremost, they have a past track record working with Johns on Aquaman, Black Knight, and Green Lantern. But more important, I think the fact is they aren't Jim Lee. And then he kind of goes into a dissertation about Jim Lee's work. And, uh, critical, but fair, I would say. We heard from our buddy uh, Joe Slab. Um, folks, you've heard of drunk dialing? This must have been drunk commenting. So, <laughs> like, yeah, He's gotten into that himself. Um, he takes me to task a little for not, uh, not having any... Uh, input onto who the the secret missile guy villain it might be but like I said I was very tired Joe I apologize <laughs> I ran the show on that last podcast let's just face it with Aquaman it was, it was embarrassing Rob I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> uh, we know they're coming from Oren's dad um, a.k.a. Sean. I don't know if he wants me to say his last name, so let's just say Oren's dad. Another great podcast, guys. Loving the Aqua crossover. I agree. Justice League's now finally getting readable. Hope this, hope this keeps up after the crossover ends. Totally awesome that the podcast is now sponsored. Just shows what a great job you guys are doing with it. Keep up the great work. I picked up an Aquaman shirt from Pop Funks, and they've shown me to choose from. Thank you for the plug there. I'd gladly take another Aquaman shirt. Winners can't be too picky, though, so I'd be happy with the Firestorm shirt, too. <laughs> Um, heard from Mike Gillis over on Facebook and an email. Uh, he said he finally got the Fire and Water podcast to show up on his Nook's podcast app. But sorry, uh, Rob, it's showing up as under the title Firestorm Fan. That makes me happy. <laughs> Considering I own a Nook, that's probably why. So, um, over on Facebook, he said, if you guys ever expand your podcast to include hosts who have websites dedicated to Swamp Thing, Red Tornado, and Star Sapphire, you guys could have all the pieces necessary to summon Captain Planet. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I can't think of Captain Planet. I don't think of Don Cheadle at this point. Um, right. We've got an email from Jack Dower. Uh, he mentions, um, I really love the episode. But I think Rob was too hard on Aquaman 14. Jack, you're wrong. Here's the question. What kind of event would you guys design for Firestorm and who would it cross over with? That's a bigger question than we have time to answer for. But it's something I think maybe when we do our next Geek Talk episode, we've got to cover that. I think that's a good that's idea. A, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So what kind of event? Yeah. For fire, a big Firestorm crossover. That'd be fun. Uh, we heard, I'm, I'm, again, picking up the pace a bit here. We got comments from Sean Foster, uh, Roger Preeb, uh, Manjit Dangel. Uh, I did like, I, I, I got to say, this is a t-shirt comment. I like Manjets, though. Last time I was in Florida, an alligator caused a traffic jam outside my hotel. I don't think anyone was wearing a Firestorm t-shirt, <laughs> but if I had one then. <laughs> Subtle. I like that. I, uh, Corey Hodgson also left his comments over uh, on Google+, and a Firestorm fan. And uh, he did a. He had another clever way of uh, mentioning a Firestorm shirt. He, it was a tattoo that day, and he said, uh, "Cool tattoo, but it wouldn't even be cooler if it was a Firestorm T-shirt." <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, we heard from our friend uh, Len uh, over on Aquaman Shrine. Then there's this big long conversation about Chad Bokelman and the Phantom Stranger episode, and it's essentially just people picking on Chad, which I was kind of okay with. Um, so it cracks me up. <laughs> But they said, no, uh, Chad, you did not disrespect Sha- uh, Rob. Chag disrespects Rob. That's so true. Uh, yep. yep. So then, uh, again, continuing on, on Facebook, we heard from our buddy Daniel Slegel. We heard from Jason Pope. Heard from Hector Negrete, who, by the way, is very happy I've signed that contract where I have to say some girl's hot every episode. Uh, heard from Jeremiah Parker over on – oh, by the way, I'm sorry. Hector has been on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and Tumblr. He's everywhere. That is, that is – that, he is a socially connected guy. So – uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Parker is taking uh, us on a six-hour road trip. I'm happy to hear that. Chad Bokelman, little Chad Bokelman, gave us a nice shout-out over on his website. 
the the suit of souls blogspot.com where he gets his parents to type that up for him it's all about writing man it's good stuff oscar ol old god i can never do uh, english language defeats me over and over oscar old i got that's all i got man Anyway, uh, he said, last month was the first time – this is over on Facebook. The last time was the first time I had to wait for a new one to come out, new episode to come out since I'd finished listening to all the previous episodes. Okay, I must come, I must come clean. I started listening to other superhero podcasts, but they, but they meant nothing to me. He also commented over on Google Plus and on Facebook. He uh, On our spectacular year-end episode, he said, I could listen to Diablo Frank all day long. He had me a Pulp, pulp Fiction gimp. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I promise you'll have him on the M episode of Who's Who. Maybe lace his water with flavorless caffeine and vitamin B, you know, for scientific purposes. <laughs> so far, Frank has been rejecting our entreaties to do that, but I think we'll get him eventually. I have absolutely every intention. Uh, I heard from my buddy Justin Clark over on Facebook about this episode, and uh, he took comment on uh, took umbrage on my comment about Superman's costume and how I said I feel like the costume's always there, but just the mandarin collar grows. And uh, he he tried to explain to me the real rules of the Superman's costume, and I just I wasn't having any of that. So, <laughs> Justin and I have a long history of telling each other they're wrong, so it's fun stuff. Heard from Alexander Adrock over on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for that. And uh, J. David Weeder on Facebook. Thank you. He's uh, he's going to give us a shout out apparently on his new Fifty Two Adventures of Superman podcast. I'm sure it'll be nothing but bad things. Yes, so. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Luke Dobb, the world's most dangerously. Uh, Dashly Creative Man uh, gave us some support on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. And uh, let me tell you, there were people – we don't have time to read them all right now because there's a plethora of them. But so many people were giving nice comments about the song he gave – he and David Purnell turned out for our ep- year-end episodes. So, wow, Luke, you, you hit a home run on that one, buddy. Even his parents chimed in. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, Michael Bailey was kind enough to plug us, uh, plug our show to his legion of fans over on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for that. Aaron DeLauder um, did a fun sketch of Aquaman and Firestorm arm wrestling. Put that up on Twitter. Thank you for the support. Brian Miller, the colorist on Firestorm, gave us support over on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Plus. Thank nice. you for that. Thank you for that, Brian. John Godwin uh, over on Facebook has, continues to give us support and sends us fun things. Like he sent us his link to a picture of a bunch of hot comic book redheads. Love that. And uh, some hero clicks of Aquaman and Firestorm. So very happy. Uh, Sean Merrick, is uh, he just discovered our podcast, but he sent us a picture of his Christmas tree this year, and it had a Dr. Fate action figure on top. <laughs> That's awesome. Great. Rod Pruitt gave us support over on Twitter and Facebook and iTunes. Thank you. Those iTunes reviews are so important, folks. Yes, absolutely. Please, Please take the time to leave us iTunes reviews. They really help uh, raise the profile of the show. And uh, if you don't mind, click while you do it, click the five stars if you would be if you're willing to. So um, his actually is my favorite iTunes review we've ever gotten. Uh, it says Fire Reviews, Never Watered Down Entertainment, and Shag Two. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, Geek Arena left us a, a, a review on iTunes. Thank you. Also, so did C Samples. Uh, Kevin Culp dropped us uh, some support over on Facebook and Google+. Plus. Thank you. Now, I'm going to run through the uh, Facebook folks, and then, Rob, I'm going to let you run through the Twitter folks, and then we are screaming towards the end here, folks. <laughs> some support we got on Facebook from the following group of wonderful individuals, and I'm going to get all of your names wrong. Andy Campbell, Carlos Mucha, Christopher Chance, Christopher J. Warden, Clifford per- Parameter, uh, Corey Hodgden, David Dixon, Elizabeth Vogel, Giancarlo Nurko, Joe G. Medellin Vi, or the sixth, I'm not sure which, Joe Mello, hey, Joe Mello, hey. uh, John Opal, Kyle Benning, Luis Santiago, Martin Piero, 
Michael G. Spinks, Ronnie Ling, Sean Brock, Chester Aguilar, Tim Wallace, Trey Beltran, Wagner Oliveira, Vicky Gatanis, and William Boyd. Thank you guys so much. Your support on Facebook means a lot to us, and uh, really appreciate it. Helps get the word out there. Uh, I'm going to mention Google Plus. I'm not going to let Rob mention that because he's never out there. I've mentioned several Google Plus folks already, but just want to give a shout out also to Joseph Ortiz, Andrew Bergen, and Mario Zuniga. 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 Okay. Never heard of Daphne Zuniga. Zuniga. Come on. Oh yeah, that's true. Our right. on Twitter, we got love from Rod Reese. Thank you very much, sir. The colors on Aquaman. We also got it from Pop Funk at Pop Funk. Um, we got a ton of stuff. We got Thrill. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna read all their Twitter addresses here. At Thrill Level Comics, at AF Blues, at Professor Allen, Jed Fan X Sub, uh, Barry Reese Paul, Whispering Loon, Captain Ahab thirteen thirteen, Fan Lorne, Super Chuck nineteen eighty, <laughs> Craig R McDonald, Davey McEnd, uh, Dinos and Fish, Diza Wizza, Dustin Stoffer two, Il Perrin, Fantastiverse, FKA Podcast, GL eight seven five, Mansura. Clarktacular, Justin Barlow, <laughs> Yogi Kai, SPW Kitty, Cueva Del Nerd, Linovac 16, who offered to sell his Steam Award. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. It wasn't Keith Samra. It was Lee Novak, Novak who offered yeah. to sell his Steam Award. Sorry about that, yeah. Keith. Bear, car, Bear Drive Car, Manja D, Pause Band, uh, Cable Reese S, Endav Gum, Paul underscore Bowler, Cry Havoc DOW, Mr. Pater, Mas Fuego, Raymond, Railroad Crossing, Claymation. Wait, Mas, Mas, Mas Fuego, it's Rolcato Verified. Railroad Crossing, Claymation Hal, uh, Ruby Nation Comics, Ryan Joseph, Jock Bro PA, SRJ underscore Vaughn, uh, DC Fan of Stranger, which is me, Tony G- <laughs> Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. Tony D P Y T, Tower of Fate, Underscoop Fire, Comic Book Girl, and Amazing Wonder W. Woof. Woof. That is an awesome, incredible list of Twitter support, guys. You guys are the bomb diggity. So thank you guys so much for your support on Twitter. It really helps get the word out there and, you know, helps grow this awesome community. All right, folks, we have not just one, but two Steam Awards to give away. Can you believe it, Rob? It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Get, get, ready, get ready with the cheering sound effect, Rob. So here we go. Um, the first Steam Award goes to Chris Mounts for uh, the last episode we uh, had – made a comment about Aquaman choking Batman and said someone should put together a graphic of that scene of Aquaman choking Batman with the comment, Aquaman, he will choke a bitch. <laughs> and Chris Mounts was kind enough to do that. And let me tell you, I have gotten more laugh out of that graphic. It just, I laugh every time I see it. I go back and look at it a couple times a day. So <laughs> congratulations on your Steam Award, Chris. And the other Steam Award, <sighs> I hate to give it out. Long, long deserved. It's been a long time coming for our youngest listener, folks. We're giving the Steam Award to Chad Bogleman. Um, just kidding. He's not actually our youngest <laughs> listener. However, he has been listening to the Back Catalog and Fire and Water podcast and has been tweeting about each episode, and we sincerely appreciate that. Thank you, Chad. Yeah, luckily, the Steam Award does not feature a choking hazard for people under four. Right. So congratulations to Chad and Chris on your Steam Awards. And, Rob, this is it. All right. This, this is the big, big everyone has been waiting for to find out who won our Aquaman and Firestorm T-shirts, courtesy of PopFunk.com. Uh, let's just, just jump right into it. We picked these names randomly. I put in, in, in my case, I put it in, put everybody's names into a hat and pulled out a name. So it really was a blind, uh, blind pick. So anyway, the winner of the Aquaman t-shirt from Papa Doug Fum is, you want to do the drum roll? Thank you. Oren's dad. Congratulations. Yes. Again, I don't know if his name is Sean. I don't know if Sean wants me to give out his full name, so we'll just say it's Oren's dad. So Oren, congratulations. Shag, go ahead and. 
Isn't it Sean P. Diddy? Isn't that who that is? Yes, that's exactly who it is. <laughs> the Firestorm shirt, uh, I went a little bit different thing. I, I put all of them together and pulled out my old Mayfair Games DC uh, dice. <laughs> the, the dice that came with the Mayfair DC Heroes role-playing game. and Because uh, they actually are red and yellow. And so those are Firestorm's colors. So, um, well, actually, one of the versions was. Some were blue. Sorry. Cisco is commenting, going, no, they're not. Anyway, so uh, I did some random tables and came up with the winner is Keith G. Baker. Firestorm G. Baker. Congratulations, Keith G. Baker. Enjoy that Firestorm T-shirt. We will get in touch with you and uh, arrange all of that. Absolutely. So thanks to everyone for uh, purchasing shirts and, and mentioning Pop Funk. We really appreciate it. And, of course, thanks very much to Pop Funk for sponsoring the show for these two episodes and for giving away the T-shirts to the guys. We really, really appreciate it. Yep. So, uh, Rob, tell the folks where they can find you. Uh, you can find me in New Jersey. Oh, I see. I need to make AquamanShrine.com, Facebook, and uh, Twitter, of course. And you can find Firestorm Fan at FirestormFan.com, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and Tumblr. And uh, we have our own Tumblr, Rob, which is what? Fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. And you can send us emails at firewaterpodcast.comcast.net. And if you remember, you want to use the PopFunk code for the rest of the month to get 10% off your Aquaman or Firestorm t-shirts, just type in firewater10 at checkout. Yep. And when you comment on Twitter, folks, be sure to use the hashtag poundfwpodcast, please. And that's it. That's going to wrap it up, folks. And uh, so fan the flame and ride the wave, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice and see on land. Friends forever. Yeah! Superman here. What's up? I just spotted something strange. Four characters dressed like playing cards. I'm going in for a closer look. Be careful, Wonder Woman. Come on, Firestorm. She may need some help. 